0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Margot Bros Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm Dylan. Today we'll be discussing the Franco Brothers 2017 comedy drama, The Disaster
1: Artist. The film tells the true story behind the making of the worst movie of all time, 2003's The Room. In The Disaster Artist, Hollywood hopefuls Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero move to LA in search of film success. After months of failure, Tommy decides to write, direct, star, in, and fund his own feature film, The Room. But after rising tensions and expenses, the quality of the final product is dampened. However, just because this movie is bad doesn't mean it won't make money. Now, what are we going to... Keep in mind, we're going to be spoiling... How much of it, Dylan? Every single part. Every. Every last part. Now, we've already kind of gotten off the script, so let's just... Let's just, well, there's no script other than the plot summary. So let's but, just get, let's just get into it. So Dylan, what did you think of this movie? Is this the greatest movie you've ever seen?
0: No, <laughs> and I and I think that from the very beginning the plot is flawed because even though yes it's funny to make fun of a very poorly made movie, but when you know when you hear the backstory and how this man Tommy Wiseau put a lot of time, effort, money into this movie I don't know maybe this is just me but I you sort of start to feel bad
1: yeah but and, I think I also think that was kind of the desired effect of that the, we don't we don't want to just see this guy as this weird loser idiot who doesn't know anything about movie making we want to see him as an American who is just struggling and he's an outsider and he's doing everything he can but I think it got a little old so at first it was really funny because the Tommy Out character is a hoot, and the lines he says are ridiculous. But I think after a while, when they started to spend millions of dollars on this movie, and their, people's lives were kind of falling apart, and there was a lot of real kind of anger and sadness between the characters, I think it started to, started to be not as fun of a movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I think that basically all of the drama elements of this movie... We're not enjoyable to watch.
1: So, James Franco won a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. but And I think that is totally deserved. I think he absolutely deserves this. Because often in that category, they give that award... I think they gave that award to like Matt Damon for The Martian. I don't really think The Martian is a comedy. I mean, there were some amusing moments, but it's really a survival drama, wouldn't you say, Dylan? I mean... Well, he's on a lighthearted tone but yeah. But and I think a movie like this that isn't I wouldn't say one of the greatest movies of all time. I don't think it deserves to be nominated for best picture, but I think that because there are so many funny moments and some serious undertones, but because James Franco did such a good job replicating Tommy that I think he absolutely deserved the win in 2017. I mean,
0: yes, but it's also when you take a step back it's weird cuz like 80% of the jokes in this movie, basically, are just, ha-ha, Tommy Wiseau was a really, really weird person. Yeah. And then you take a step back, and you realize, that's a real person. That's, this mm. isn't just some fictitious, really strange person that they made for this movie. Yeah. That's a real person. And, I'm not like, oh, we can't make fun of people. Uh, but like, Kindness I just think is it's... is the
1: most important part of your life. I understand that, Dylan. I just Dylan think it's... Dylan volunteers 100 hours a week. He's just such a good human such a good human being
0: I just think that it's sort of weird because it's like Dylan cares the whole point is how he's weird but like he's real so it's like there's other stuff I don't know I just think it's the but, whole I mean, point is sort of weird he was a kind person though I mean he was selfish at he times wasn't very kind at parts the movie sort of put him in a pretty bad light for a solid 20-30 minutes of it near the middle to end portion. yeah when he's
1: not spending money on like water and yeah. cooling and air yeah i think that that was an interesting take especially to end it in a way that makes it seem like but I mean by okay so by casting the franco brothers as the as uh uh greg and tommy I, the audience assumes that it's about it's a duo movie because you know they're both well-known actors and they're brothers and so i think it was odd that we spent kind of a good 20 30 minute chunk kind of antagonizing uh tommy Wiseau. Especially for the end, to make it seem like it's about them coming together because they're friends. Because at the end of the movie, the only real relationship that stays—it's not Greg's relationship with his girlfriend Amber; it's his friendship with Tommy. And yeah, and, so, and it's it
0: said at the end there that they still talk every day to this day. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I like their friendship. There were there were some good times, and I just I I started to feel kind of uncomfortable because I went into that movie. If I'm being honest, I went into that movie. I wanted a good laugh and I wanted to learn a little something. I didn't really want it, my emotions to be jostled back and forth and not in a not in a compelling way but more in a uncomforting tone.
0: Yeah, the trailer mm-hmm. shows it's just to be your average comedy that maybe has a little bit of an edge because it's based upon a movie that is just is, is unique for being so bad.
1: And but I also I, thought I also thought the trailer also made it seem like it was going to be dramatic in a sense like where we're, we're feeling compelled and we're like rooting for the character and oh we want him to do well and I don't even know if I wanted Tommy Wiseau to do well in the movie yeah especially because they chose to antagonize him
0: really near the end so mm. by the see once they antagonize him for 30 minutes and there's only like 20 minutes left in the movie especially <laughs> you still think yeah. of him as a bad guy
1: yeah and he, I mean he looks like a bad guy which is easy for our brains to connect the dots but the other thing is they really try to send the message especially by putting Greg's mom in the movie uh, that Tommy was kind of taking advantage of this young baby face and so I you don't sound anything I know like I don't him. sound that much like him but I think not at all thank you Dylan but I think that we should have the movie should have spent more time with Greg if we really wanted to antagonize uh, Tommy or if we didn't want to antagonize Tommy it should have been more equal so that's how I feel. Um, who was your favorite character? Uh, my favorite
0: character was probably, uh, my gosh, his name is
1: blanking on Seth Rogen.
0: No, as the the brother, Jane Franco's brother. Oh,
1: um, David Franco, uh, plays Greg Sestero, who plays Mark. Yeah. The...
0: Okay. You could have said that more simpler.
1: Okay. So I think he was the
0: best because he. He, I wouldn't say the word is normal, but he made the most rational decisions. Most relatable. Yeah. And, I don't know, I feel like he was always the one that was being, like, thrown around, uh-huh. and he was never, like, the one doing the throwing, which also makes it relatable. He was, it never seemed like he was the one really in control. So, I don't know, I just, I liked him the most. And even though James Franco's performance was really compelling. Award winning. Yeah. It was very good. I just think, I felt more related to David Franco's performance.
1: And I mean, the, the movie is based on a memoir by, uh, by Greg called The Disaster Artist, the story of the worst, best movie of all time. Um, and so I think that's why we kind of related to him the most because everything really is from his vision. Yeah. Re- really, we are. Sometimes the camera is kind of with him. We kind of see through his perspective. I think he has the most screen time, probably. Probably. Um, Yeah. Well, my favorite character was Seth Rogen's, who plays the script supervisor, Sandy Shklar, Shklar. And usually, I gotta be honest, Seth Rogen is not my favorite actor, and comedic actor in Hollywood. I think he plays, I mean, a lot of comedic actors, like, I'd say the same thing about Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler, David Spade, who are probably a notch above Seth Rogen, maybe not David Spade, but... Seth Rogen does the same thing all the time and sometimes his character is a little skeptical and judgmental and it gets a little boring. But I thought he was really funny in this movie. And I thought that some of the lines he said where he was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to cash this check for working on this movie because, you know, Tommy Wiseau seems really sketchy. I thought that that was funny. And do you remember that scene where he's talking to the, to the bank teller?
0: That, yeah, that was one of the best scenes in the movie. Because, that was really funny.
1: Because um, he's he's telling the bank teller that he's working on (laughs) every time, Dylan. Every time. You forget to turn that off. Well, he's telling uh, the bank teller he's working on a movie and he asks him if he likes movies and the guy's like, yeah, not really. I like... What kind of movies, Dylan? That's not what he says at all. What what does he He say? He says, is it a period piece? Yeah. (laughs) And then the guy says, no, and he's like, yeah, because like he only watches period piece movies. Which I thought I thought that was amusing. But at the same time, I, I totally understand what you're saying, that Greg was also an interesting character. And I liked uh, Greg's mom. I thought she was funny. I, I really liked the scene between uh, a to- uh, Tommy and Greg's mom where he's driving uh, Greg off to Hollywood. And he's like, I'm 19. And then she's like, she's like then i'm 14 wow (laughs) (laughs) happy birthday (laughs) so (laughs) i thought that was amusing all right we are going to take a short uh segue away from segue away from our um from our conversation and we are gonna do a new segment i'm bringing i'm surprising dylan about this he's gonna he is gonna hate this so he thought we were just gonna do another trivia trio but he was mistaken our new segment drum roll please dylan
0: Come on. Drum roll. Able to it's that called tonight. Try Not to Laugh. That's not going to be difficult with your type of jokes. Oh, wow.
1: So cool. Unless kind. you bring
0: up uh, only only true Margaret Bro podcasters understand,
1: <laughs> but unless you bring up BB, then we I don't think BB. I'm going to laugh. Okay. In this segment, I pick three short scenes from the movie. <laughs> short scenes. That <laughs> I think are the funniest. And I perform them to Dylan. If he doesn't burst out laughing, he wins okay are you ready this is not gonna be difficult okay here we go well now now i feel insecure okay but here we go here we go because you're you you do not think my voice you don't think my um my uh impersonation of tommy wise is very good it isn't Actually, I mean, we got a lot of it coming up huh? Okay, here we go but i'll get better so the first one's the shorts here we go okay so seth rogan's like i can't do a seth rogan impression he's like action I did not hit her. It's not true. It's BS. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Okay. Any reactions to that? A scale of 1 to 10. There we go. What, what, two. 2. 2 out of 10. I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay. It's Here's the next one. Actually, not funny when you're the one that's saying Oh, it. thank you, Dylan. So here we go. Here we go. Next one. Scene number two. So there's this guy, Johnny. A true American hero to be played by me. He has it all. Good looks, make friends, and also maybe Johnny's vampire. We'll see. And then this beautiful girl, anything for my princess. She betrayed him, and then this guy Johnny, he go crazy. Okay, there we go. Out of ten. Three or four. I think
0: okay, we well, let's well, step up.
1: So. Okay, then okay, say the last one for best. Okay, are we ready? I Do you think I'm going to get you to laugh? Not at all. You almost laughed on that one. No, I smiled in agony. In agony. Okay. Hi. Can I help you? Yeah. Can I have dozen red roses, please? Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. Here you go. That's me. How much? <laughs> How much is it? That'll be eighteen dollars. Here you go. Keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. And see. Is that supposed to be funny. I thought it was funny. Not when you said it, oh. that's for
0: sure. Okay,
1: well, there we go. Really, you win. Really good good segment. We should do that again. We should do that again. That was amusing. So those are three of my favorite scenes. Who was that amusing for? That that was amusing. Those are three of the the funny scenes for you. Um righty, Dylan. So, so you win this time, but next time <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Thank you for really playing your heart out in this game, Mr. Dylan. All right. Okay, back to the podcast. Uh, So, Dylan, what was your least favorite part of this movie? What was something that kind of irked you, made you feel uncomfortable?
0: My least favorite part of the movie by far was during the movie screening at the very end when they were showing the very end of the movie when Tommy Wiseau's character kills himself. And even though that it's very poorly made and it's extremely unrealistic... The crowd was, like, cheering for him to kill himself. And even if the movie's bad, that just seems really off. Yeah. And that they shouldn't do that.
1: It seemed kind of in bad taste.
0: I completely agree. I think that they just should have either not done that part in this redo of it or just not cheered. I don't know. I just think that it was ex- extremely bad taste and they shouldn't have done that because it just seems unrealistic also. Like there aren't people who would cheer for that, really. I just don't think that's the real people that would do that.
1: I don't I don't think so. I mean maybe like actors because those are weirder individuals. <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say was okay, I've been to I don't think I've been to any like premiere movie screenings, but I've been to big blockbuster movies on opening night or the second night where there's a huge crowd and the fans are really loud but they're not that loud during the whole movie so like when I saw Endgame on the second day it came out we all cheered you know when Cap picked up Thor's hammer and when Iron Man snapped his fingers like really loudly but not even 40% as loud as all of the audience members were during the entire premiere of the disaster of the movie, The Room, and yeah, I, th- I completely agree. They got so loud, and it was just—it just made it seem kind of unrealistic. And I also think like, it almost s-
0: seemed like a, like a fever dream that Johnny, that uh, what's his name, Wiseau was having. Yeah. He, because it was extreme. It was almost like a couple people in the crowd laughed, and he like had this hallucination of the entire crowd laughing, yeah. like that didn't actually happen.
1: And also, some of the most important. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh most important uh characters in the movie the room like uh denny and uh lisa and i think peter and chris are who yeah. are that's we're gonna, funny we're, not, we're gonna talk about chris R, but um who were big parts of this movie and this is like their first movie some of them were like laughing about how bad it was and i i tell you if I were in that situation, and this was like my final, I'm finally in a movie, and it's this terrible, I would not be laughing. I would be really disappointed. I agree.
0: I just think, yeah, I mean, if I put work into acting, learning my lines, trying my best to d- perform, I would i would not be, ha, 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 the final movie's terrible, and I'm not going to make any money or connections from this.
1: I would be really disappointed. Yeah, it's like two months of my life where that was my job every single day out the window but you know at the same time I mean it's good to take everything with a grain of salt and be lighthearted about it but I I don't I don't think that that would have been I doubt that that was really the reaction I bet maybe at some point there were some laughs kind of in the beginning when it was like oh what's going on but then I think after an hour and a half of this obnoxious film with awful editing and poor acting and terrible writing i think they would feel a little hurt but anyway what was something that was really funny in the movie um i think the
0: bake teller scene that we touched on earlier was funny i also think their rendition of the scene when as you said it earlier as the first one the oh hi mark yeah i think that was very funny how by like a bunch of takes in the entire crew was saying it too. Mm-hmm. I think that was really funny. <laughs>
1: or when, one of the times he emerges from the door and he says, I hit her Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was very funny. But um we watched we watched a uh uh video of Tommy Wiseau reacting reacting to cl- reacting to wow. clips of uh the disaster artist and I expected him to be like, this is true, this wasn't true. But instead, Dylan, what did he spend basically the entire time of the video doing? He was criticizing the movie as if he was
0: like, <laughs> I don't know, it was weird. It was like, he was criticizing it for
1: its flaws. For its cinematic value. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So it, was, it wasn't like, oh, this is what happened, this isn't what happened. He was like, this was a great acting choice by this character. Because this shows that he's not uh, a nice person. And then, so, i say 60% of it was his Tarantino Scorsese cinematic opinion. But the other 40% was just him, like, bashing the Seth Rogen character. Yeah, he must really
0: hate the person in real life that Seth Rogen was portraying. Sandy Schlar. Yeah, he must hate Sandy. Because, because he was like... He, they didn't just make, they made Sandy a sort of rude person in the movie and Tommy Wiseau was just bashing on him during the entire time saying stuff like, as you can see here in like this single
1: frame yeah. of the movie he's slouching, meaning he's lazy, doesn't do anything. Like, <laughs> Or his arms are crossed, meaning he's against the movie altogether. Or he's sitting in a chair, which means he's not doing his job. But, you know, so it's <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I liked <laughs> I liked how when they were uh, filming the movie, um so many different scenes in the end product of the room. It's just one character jumping on top of another character. Yeah, it happens a surprising amount of times. It's really funny. <laughs> the first scene that was shot <laughs> was the, uh, Josh Hutchinson, who plays a character called Denny, being attacked by Zach Efron. He doesn't even look like Zach Efron. Yeah. And makeup and the little a bit beard. of beard and the beanie. Uh, he plays and a character called Chris R, <laughs> and it's
0: really funny because the all the people on say like, can't we just call him Chris? because like that's how normal conversations go, and they're just like, no, that's Chris R. Like, it doesn't
1: make sense. And so it was really funny, but also we didn't re- we didn't even know if zach Efron was acting or his character was acting. He was just a random guy they let on the stage to start <laughs> shooting people. But um the other thing that was funny in that scene was uh they designed the set to look exactly like the alleyway that the movie studio is right next to so Seth Rogen's like why didn't we just shoot um on the real location and he's like this is a real Hollywood movie you know and so (laughs) it's just random but um but then there like there was a really uncomfortable scene where there's like a nude scene and uh, James Franco is just kind of acting like a jerk, insulting the appearance of others, yeah. and that, that scene
0: was just awkward to watch. Yeah,
1: so I would mean, have, I, I would have taken that out of the movie. That just, that didn't make me, that all that scene did was make me kind of not like Tommy Wiseau, and not really want the movie to be successful. So, I would have, I would have taken that out. Um Another thing I thought was really funny was the uh, relationship with Denny because uh, uh, Tommy wants um, this uh, Josh Hutchinsons, who this man in real life is called Philip Haldeman, to play this guy named Denny who's sixteen years old and he's twenty six. <laughs> yeah, in real life, and it's really
0: funny because there's this scene, like we were talking about the mugging scene that we were referring to earlier. And uh, Tommy Wiseau goes up to him and he's like, just act like how you would act at your age. You know, like 15. And he's like, I'm 26. <laughs> it was just really funny because, I mean, he could have been 15. I mean, it would have no. been weird.
1: Josh Hutchinson does not look that He yet. looks like at the oldest 18. What? No, he looks like at the oldest 28. What? Yeah. I think no looks, way. Looks, yeah. No. Dylan, think about, think about him. This was, like, five years after the Hunger Game movies. And he looks, like, in his 20s in those movies.
0: Yeah, because he has, like, a normal haircut. And he's wearing clothes that, like, adults wear. He's not wearing, like, right out of a children's sitcom. Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) Maybe. But, you know, he looks like he's in his early 20s in that movie. I don't know. Um, I thought it was funny that Nathan Fillion... Not Nathan Fillion. Nathan Nathan for you. Nathan Nathan Fielder. Fielder. Nathan Fielder. That's one of our the few TV shows we watch Nathan, but,
0: for you. Give it a shot if you. Uh, some episodes are terrible. Yeah. So <laughs> he
1: he's um it's a it's a far show. He's just an average dude giving terrible business advice to companies and some of them take it and then at the end of all of all the segments he always asks the small business owner if they want to hang out. And it's it's so it's so he, awkward. He makes everything more awkward than you think it could
0: even be. It's just so great.
1: Um yeah. I, uh, another another scene that I really liked was the be- the beginning scene uh, where we're first introduced to Tommy and Greg at the acting workshop. Oh, you liked that scene. I liked that scene. I don't know how I felt about that scene. That scene seemed to lag for me. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't spectacular, but I thought the way it was shot, where you don't really see this vampire's face until once it gets in the scene, but it was so funny because. 'Cause Tommy gets invites this other female actress up on the stage. Oh, that was clever. I like that to Tommy. act with to do a scene with him. But the scene is just Tommy running around yelling, saying, Don't ever leave me and she's just like inching away from him, having no idea what is going on. But I, I think it's amusing. Uh, I I I want... think that overall the movie
0: just tried to go in two separate paths of both drama and comedy, and it didn't succeed. I th- and I think that sometimes a movie like that does succeed. Mm-hmm. I can't. An example: head? The Truman Show. Is it? There is we it... go. Yeah, that succeeds because there's a lot of funny parts, but also there's super stuff about like ethics in that movie. Yeah, and, and free and will, morals. Yeah, and in this movie, they tried to follow both paths, mm-hmm. and I just really think they didn't succeed because. Because it had such a lighthearted tone, whenever the drama sections came in, it just felt so dismal, and just, you felt so bad for everyone, or you didn't like everyone all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. and I just, I don't,
1: I didn't like it. So that being said, all that, all these funny scenes, uncomfortable scenes, how many stars would you give it? That's tough.
0: It's probably three and a half, because I did laugh. I gave, it gave it a solid laugh,
1: so I gotta give it a three and a half.
0: But there were just so many scenes in there that I
1: just hated watching. Yeah, that I, I felt uncomfortable, especially the um, the final s- screening, uh, the s- mocking suicide thing I didn't find yeah. very appealing, and the nude scene, not because he's nude, but just his dynamic with the woman yeah. who plays Lisa.
0: And that sort of came right out of the, the blue, is that the function? Uh-huh. Yeah, it just... It was all of a sudden, he just was like a total jerk, like out of nowhere, and... I don't know, I didn't, I didn't like that at all, and I, and he was, if that's true, that's how he acted, then he would, he would have been acting like that the whole time, and, oh yeah, another scene that was bad, that was uncomfortable, is when he confronted them about, like, the video
1: camera, yes, that, that did not need to be in the movie,
0: yeah, that was unnecessary, just made everyone feel uncomfortable, about how like, he was filming everyone, and they were talking behind his back, like, who wants to see that? No. And it's not like, oh, we feel bad for Tommy. Because then Tommy goes and yells at them like uh-huh. a jerk. So we're like, we don't like them for talking trash about yeah. him, but we don't like Tommy because he was yelled and was being and terrible. The, the
1: whole Brian Cranston thing, that was so irritating. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, this The Room movie is. wasn't. No one really thought it was going to do that well, but. Uh, Greg is invited to be didn't even have to audition to be in the Malcolm in the Middle show, because Brian Cranston knows his fiance from Pilates, and so is he, you know I think it's Pilates. And so he gets just because he has a beard, he gets to be a lumberjack, but then Tommy makes him shave it for a scene, and so, uh, Greg because he's a loyal friend shaves it, and l- let me tell you right now that scene, I mean there was a bunch of stuff that's no not he, that he didn't him. shave it
0: because he was a loyal friend he shaved it because. He was in the movie, and he had to. And Tommy
1: refused to to skip a day and move that scene back one day. And that was that was really irritating. And basically, because of that decision, Tommy Selvig's decision, then I never was able to really reconnect with him. I agree. And that was really the tipping was, point when you were like, "God, Tommy is just a terrible person." The event Horizon. So I I, but I mean, it's a true story, and I think because that happened. But then again, I guess, you know, we got to forgive him. We all, everyone makes mistakes. He did do a lot of positive things for Greg and his once a lifetime experience. I'm going to say it's a three and a half as well. This is a good movie. I, I still, I don't know if I would recommend you watch it, but if you, if you enjoyed the room, absolutely watch this movie. Yeah. Cause it applies. But I would say, um, as far as Netflix goes, there are a lot of other str- stronger movies to watch on Netflix. Um, I agree. Oh, yeah, it's on Netflix. If you didn't know, I'm. I was more satisfied than dissatisfied when I watched it. I enjoyed most of the time of the movies, but there were too many scenes that made me feel uncomfortable. That didn't. That seemed out of place to, for me to give it a solid rating. So, three and a half.
0: I completely agree. I, so far, every single one of our podcasts, we have agreed on. We never agree.
1: I know. So it's so. it's strange. But also, the the stuff we really disagree on our movies like saga films like marvel star wars harry potter yeah
0: yeah so coming up not yet but we are going to be doing a review of the full marvel cinematic universe this is our
1: little sneak peek
0: so be ready for that if you're a marvel fan or if you just seen the movies and want to hear our opinion on
1: them stay tuned that will be coming up shortly our next season most likely all right well other than that thanks for listening i'm jackson i'm dylan and we are the margo bros cut